Well, head coach Nick Sirianni and GM Howie Roseman both met with the media today for the first time since the season ended, since the collapse, um, record-breaking collapse of the Philadelphia Eagles 2023 season. What do they have to say and what do I have to say about it? That's all up next on Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. Good afternoon, good morning, and good evening. Whatever time of the day it is, you're listening to this podcast. Welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. And where do I begin? We waited so long this offseason to finally hear from the Eagles brass and front office and get some answers um, from what happened and how they're going to fix what happened. And so what I decided I'm going to do is play the press conference for you. And I will interject as we go along here uh, and give you my comments and my thoughts on what is, um, you know, what is being said. Before I get started, remember there's an email address. You can let me know your thoughts about the Eagles, about the press conference, about anything really. Uh, that is at P-E-T-W-G-P at gmail.com. Again, P-E-T-W-G-P at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts. And uh, while I have you here, make sure you follow and rate and, and all that good stuff with the podcast platform that you're listening to this program on. Really appreciate it. It does help out the show. Special shout out to Peter and Molly, a couple of new fans of the podcast appreciate you listening and uh yeah thanks for being part of the program really appreciate it all right so without any further ado let's get into the uh, press conference and like i said what i'm going to do is just go through it from beginning to end you'll hear the whole thing and i will interject um as i feel necessary to provide my commentary and feedback on what has been said so without any further ado here is the press conference from Coach Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman as they finally addressed uh, the media uh, since the epic collapse in the season by the Philadelphia Eagles. And here we go. Appreciate everyone's patience. Um, just wanted to walk through why we're here a little bit later than normal. Uh, played Monday night. Um, the game ended Tuesday. I think we left locker room Tuesday morning. And just looking around the locker room uh, at our players, at our, as our staff, felt like there was a kind of sadness about the way the season ended. There was kind of a shell shock feeling that was going on. And I think what we do a good job of is kind of communicating, figuring out the reasons for things, how we can get better. And so we gave everyone Tuesday off. Um, and then Coach and I and our coaches uh, met with all our players. We had exit interviews. Um, that lasted for a couple of days, obviously the snowstorm on Friday. Um, so a lot of people were out of the office, the office was closed. And then we went into the weekend and, uh, like we do try to figure out a plan to get better. So, um, I apologize for kind of the delay and, um, we're here now. All right. Before we get started, that is about as weak an explanation for them taking so long as I've ever heard. I don't believe really much of that at all. Now, do they have to meet with the players and all that at the end of the season? Absolutely. But they do that every year, and they've never waited almost nine days to ever talk to the media. So, you know, him saying that the team was sad and he felt that everybody was sad and shocked, and that's why they haven't talked. That's that's just a bunch of BS, if you ask me. What they've been doing the last week has been trying to figure out how to properly send a message to the media, how to properly and have a strategy as far as how to best respond to well, everything that's going on. And there's a lot going on behind the scenes. You know, there has to be. When you collapse like this, it's not just one or two guys. It's a full organizational issue uh, that went down here when you have a 10-1 and record and lose six out of your last seven games and are non-competitive in most of them. So 
a lot of issues, and they're trying to figure out and navigate how to best address and answer them for the press. That's why they took so long to get in front of everybody. Just wanted to put that out there. All right. So with that said, we'll continue on. Can you walk us through the decision to remove Brian Johnson as your offensive coordinator? And did you talk to Jalen considering their relationship when you made that decision? Sure. Yeah. You know, we uh, evaluated our season at the at the end of the you know at the end of the year. Obviously, are going to be in con- constant evaluation of this. Um, you know, we did what we thought was best at, at that time, uh, at the time. And you know, I can't say enough good things about Brian, though. Um, you know, he's a great a great football coach, um, and he's going to have another opportunity to 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 lead an offense. And I and I will miss him. Um, you know, some of the things that we want to do. Um, as a team is, you know, growing in a lot of different areas uh, and, grow, and, and grow in, you know, some of the guys that have been in here with me for the have been there for, with me for a while. So it's, it's about coming up with fresh ideas and um, and doing some things different. And and that's exactly where we are right, right now. And sometimes, you know, Brian being, you know, at that position, um, you know, Unfortunately, he's he's the one that is 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 leaving at this particular time. Uh, but I can't say can't tell you how much uh, I appreciate him as a coach. We've had a we've had a lot of success here in the past three years, and, and Brian's contributed a lot to that. Um, and but like I said, we're, it's it's now about uh, bringing in fresh ideas, um, some different thoughts than 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 what a lot of the guys. You know, sometimes when you're with a group of guys, like we've been together for three years, that group of guys. But in addition to that, you know, it was a couple of the other guys that I've been with for 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 multiple years as well. Um, and so, we just wanted to to bring in some fresh ideas, and and, uh, and that's where we are with that. So basically, what Nick is telling everybody is that he. Ran out of fresh ideas. And Brian Johnson ran out of fresh ideas. I mean, so he's basically admitting that they're inept as head coaches. So I don't know if that's even the case. You know, Brian Johnson, I'd love to be a fly the wall when he heard this press conference because he's the scapegoat in all this. He's clearly the scapegoat. Him and Sean Desai. Now, I definitely believe that there needed to be coaching changes. You know, I said that. I also said at the beginning of the season, my number one concern heading into the season was the fact that the Eagles had to have, you know, a new offensive and defensive coordinator. And that was my biggest concern. And boy, that end up being the main concern and the main issues for this Eagles season. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back here, but I called that one. That ultimately was the reason for the Eagles' demise. And Sirianni owns a big part of it as well, and so does Howie. You know, Howie did not uh, build this defense properly, and we talked about that. You know, the guys that he let go, T.J. Edwards of the world. I mean, they had nothing at linebacker and uh, really not much in, in the back half of the defense and the safeties and corners, and that cost him dearly. So, but getting back to Sirianni, you know, admitting that, yeah, we need to bring somebody else in here with new, fresh ideas. That is, I mean, that had to be tough for him to say. But he has to say it. Because if he didn't say it, he wouldn't be a, the head coach of the Eagles. That, to me, becomes apparent as we go along with this press conference. You know. The reason why Sirianni is still here is because... He's willing to say that, and he's willing to actually fire his guys, let his guys go. As real, that's something that that Dougie Peterson was giving the ultimatum to, just a couple years after he won the Super Bowl, and Doug refused to do it, and that's why Doug was shown the door. Sirianni, on the other hand, was willing to do it, which is why the Eagles are keeping him. A head coach for now. For now. Continue on. So with those fresh ideas, Nick, how willing are you to change some of the structure of your offense if you see fit? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what, where that's what you're saying, exactly what we're talking about. So, you know, it's not it's just about putting the players in the best positions to 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 succeed, but and doing things differently um, at times, too. But 
there's going to be things that whoever the the new coordinator is, there's going to be things that, you know, they bring that are going to be, you know, fresh ideas for us uh, to help our players grow and our help our players play at the top level. And there's been some things that that we've done really well on offense, too, in the past that, you know, that you'll mesh in some of that together as well. Um, I think, it you know, with with some of the success that we've had these last these last three years and the things that our guys do well. And so I'm excited about that. The you know, and, you know, the the new the new ideas meshing with some of the old ideas we'll see how that continues to go as we go through our go through our offseason process and um and where we land with that but yeah i mean obviously you know when you get to me we got a little bit stale on offense at the by the end um you know at the end of the year and these ideas and this and this new and this new person coming in is is meant to you know take away the staleness and add and add the value of what they're adding to the to the offense wow Again, the more I listen to this, I'm just like just blown away. I mean, this is the reason why the Eagles were unable to get out of the rut that they were in. They were out of ideas. You know, it's it's no wonder that they lost six out of the last seven games and the entire league caught up on what they were doing on offense. And the Eagles were unable to adjust at all, which is why they were not only losing at the end of the season, but losing to bad teams and not even being competitive in some of these games. And the Eagles and Sirianni and the other coaches, their inability to make any adjustments or new ideas, as they put it, is so alarming to me. And this is why I'm a little bit shocked that that they didn't fire Sirianni. They basically, as you'll hear, continuing on this in this press conference, have basically stripped him of everything as a head coach. He's and they ask him here shortly coming up. Uh, about what his role is, and he has a very interesting um, response to that. So, anyway, without any further ado, we'll continue on here, and uh, you know, I'll provide some further further commentary, um, you know, about the co- the press commentary going forward. Uh, just lost my feed here, so give me one moment. Let me get this back up. All right, continue on. Clarification, though, it'll be your scheme, and you'll have final authority on on what is run. Yeah, you know, it's it's our scheme. It's, it will be our scheme of what we're what we're doing, and so again, I don't know exactly what that will look like yet, right? We're we're bringing in a guy to bring in new ideas, um, to do the things that that he's done in the past. Um, we're gonna we're going through an extensive uh, search to to get that right person. Um, but it'd be crazy not to add some of the things that we've done in the past uh, here as well. I don't know if it's going to be ninety-five percent this. Ninety, we're not there yet, right? We're working on getting the best guy in here for the job, um, and you know, a guy who has a vision, uh, a guy who can, who's going to call the plays, um, a guy who's going to be able to coach a quarterback in the in the in the in the same sense there. Um, so it's just about getting the right guy, and then we'll 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 decide where that goes. But I'm hiring him to do a job um, and to be in charge of the offense. All right. So really quick, a couple of things. First, you heard him say it's our offense. Now, all along, and you may have heard it if you've been listening to the Eagles press conferences throughout the year, Sirianni has always taken ownership of the offense, saying it's his offense, his offense. Everything goes through him. And so that's why the change in the language that he uses there now, it's being our offense. This is going to be our offense going forward. Again, they have stripped away Sirianni being able to run his own offense. Again, just something that that sticks out to you when you're listening to how he's responding to these questions. Very interesting. Second thing is, and he's absolutely right, they got to find – an offensive coordinator that not only comes in with fresh ideas, but also is able to fix our quarterback because Hertz continued to regress the entire second half of the season, especially. And he was not coached up. And that was one issue that I had uh, in previous podcasts. You heard me say, you know, are they not coaching up Hertz? He's doing the same. He's regressing, you know, doing some of these same old habits that he was falling into that he did um, not last year, but the previous year that he corrected last year and he fell back into some old habits and apparently nobody was coaching him up. And so that was an issue that I had, but that's the other key to whomever they do bring in here. They need a coach 
that was also going to work with our quarterback and get him back on the right track. All right, continuing on. And then, when you look the defensive side of the ball, what are you looking for in your new defensive coordinator? Are you looking for somebody potentially to be a little bit more aggressive? Or are you still married to, like, to say, the Vic Vangio-type scheme that you got to do a couple of years? Yeah, we're looking for the guy who's best fits the – you know, who – is the best person for the job, right? And that can be, there's many different systems that, that work. There's many different systems that work well. Um, and we're looking for the guy who's going to be best for the job that can utilize the skills that our players have um, so they can play at their highest level. Um, and so a lot of good candidates there as well. And that's what we're going through right now, um, you know, as we speak. The head coach of the football team. What does that entail? How, how does it change? Yeah. Um, I guess what, you know, it'd be this very similar to what's going on right now. Um, you know, if that mean I'll sit more into defensive meetings at times, maybe, right. Instead of always being in an offensive meeting, maybe I go to a defensive meeting here and there. Um, but my job is to be the head coach of the team, not the head coach of the offense, not the head coach of the defense, not the head coach of the special teams, but be the, be the head coach of the football team. And so. Very interesting answer to that question. And I feel sorry for Nick to have to answer this. You even heard him say, I guess I'll be, you know, I mean, he doesn't even know what his role is going to be as head coach. It's not clearly defined. It's a tough uh, it's a tough situation to be in. It really is. I really feel for the guy. You know, I like Nick in, overall. I definitely think he has some flaws. It's definitely on him, this collapse that the Eagles had this year. You can't get away from it as the head coach of the team. You know, the onus is on you. And, you know, it's almost like I feel like the Eagles should have just fired him. I mean – he has been stripped of so many of his responsibilities now. Uh, that's why that question was asked. What is your responsibility as the head coach of the team? And and when he led off by saying, I guess I'll blah, 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 he doesn't even know, which is just a rough position to be in as a, as a head coach. It really is. It's not fair to Nick, quite honestly. And this is why I don't know how this is all going to work out. Can it work out? This scenario that they're that they're kind of going into here with Nick, as him just kind of overseeing everything, but I mean he's not going to be playing, you know, calling the plays. He's not going to be running the offense or the defense. Basically, it sounds like he's just going to be the one that talks during the press conferences and um, makes the calls and whether they go on fourth down or not, or kick the extra point or not, or uh, it's just. Man, I, I, I kind of feel for the guy a little bit, to be honest with you. All right, continuing on. Well, that's building the culture. That's making sure the culture's, um, you know, working, you know, with our, our five core values are taking every day at a time. Like, we're not coming up with new core values. Uh, I mean, we may shuffle of where, you know, where the things are that are important um, and the most important. Um, but that's diving into that, building the culture, having a relationship with the guys on the football team. Um because I know when, when I have that connection with the guys on the football team, um, that's when things are, you know, that when that's when the culture is working um, and, and working at high level. And then that's where the, our connection with the players and then their connection with each other works well too. I agree with his sentiments on the culture, but what did the culture do the last month and a half of the season? So apparently there was some cracks in this culture that you're talking about, Nick. And I do think he puts a lot of effort into it. I don't think it's because of lack of an effort, but this culture, if he was hitting on all these pillars that he's talking about, you're not your team's not going to collapse like it did. So there's definitely some issues going on with the culture building that, you know, he says he's still going to be responsible, uh, you know, going forward and doing. So something needs to be fixed there too. All right. Let me answer a question. Let me let me take one. This I mean, is how uh, just in. from a, a personnel standpoint on defense, mm -hmm. um, where are you as far far from being able to field the kind of defense you guys want? Yeah, I think, um, Ruben, when, when I think about uh, the contributions I can make to help this team, I know that um, when I'm doing my best um, – and I have my best seasons, this team has a chance to have its best seasons. And so, like, I, I hold myself to a very high standard. 
Um, I think we have a, a lot of good young players on this team. I think we have the ability to go out and, and continue to add to that. I'm very excited about the core that we have on offense um, going forward, obviously. Um, and so in, in terms of that, uh, I, you know, our goal every year is to fill the best possible team. And, you know, I go back um, to last year um, on the Tuesday after we lost the Super Bowl and um, Nick walked into my office and he said, how are you doing? And, and I said to him, you know, I think the thing that I'm most upset about is how many good people we're going to lose, you know, on and off the field. And, and so I knew what was coming. Um, I knew the schedule was going to be harder. I knew that, um, you know, it was probably easier to get the offense to a place quicker than it was the defense. And, um, you know, we never want to be just kind of in the middle of packing both, you know. And so um, I feel like uh, a lot of the things that uh, we try to do uh, last off season. Um, was kind of try to keep our priorities intact about how we like to build the team. Um, you know, we could talk about that and uh, some of the decisions we make. And, um, you know, I expect, accept responsibility for, for whatever we got to do to make sure that when the season falls short of not playing this week and beyond, you know, um, I'm certainly responsible for that as well. How is it to defensive line in particular? Um, how, what do you attribute their underperformance relative to the investment um, to and – is there anything about the way that the season played out that has sort of changed your, your roster going to Yeah, I think you don't want uh, – we, we, I feel like we've had a long history uh, of success here, um, building the team a certain way. And I think maybe uh, there's some preconceived notions that, you know, we're just um, at the linebacker position, you know, that we don't care who we play at linebacker. And, again, you know, our two Super Bowl teams over the last six years, uh, the linebacker play was good you know, from those guys. And I think if anything, um, it's my belief in the players that we have, the young players that we have. Um, I have a lot of belief and I know coach does as well in the Kobe Dean, you know, and so I believe in the player. I believe in the person. Um, you know, we lost two linebackers at that, uh, spot, two good players, uh, from our Super Bowl team. Um, and we had Nicobe Wade in the wings. We drafted him for that role. Um, obviously it didn't work out perfectly for him this year. That doesn't change the, uh, the belief we have in, in the player, um, and then, you know, we felt like we'd have the ability to get uh, an off-ball linebacker, a will linebacker who can, who can run and hit. And, and honestly, when you watch the tape, uh, Zach Cunningham had a good year. He really did. And he had a mentality that we liked from that position. Um, uh, of course, you know, we missed some of the guys uh, that left as free agents, missed some of the guys on and off the field that we had uh, strong relationships with. Howie, what was your involvement? A few things I need to talk about here. Holly is, while he's saying he's not dismissing um, necessarily the uh, the losses, you know, he had a chance. He directly had a chance to bring those guys back. He chose not to. So he's trying to tell us that on one end that, um, you know, he's responsible and, and he uh, – you know, he does pay attention and he's trying to say that he's, you know, this, uh, he made mention of this, uh, remarks that are out there that they don't care who plays linebacker. Well, clearly you don't, Howie, you know, and he's putting a lot of stock into N'Kobe Dean and you guys know that have been with me for a while. I said in the Kobe Dean, I see as the future captain of the defense on this team. I made that comment when they drafted him that year. I'm having my doubts myself. And if I'm having the doubts, there's no reason why Howie shouldn't be having the doubts. You know, um, I don't know if I really should say it that way. Who cares what my opinion is, really? I guess, you know, I'm not the GM of the team. And that kind of came out wrong. But my point is that he, I don't know what's given him this confidence in what he's seen so far from the Kobe Dean. He has not been able to stay healthy. And when he's been on the field, quite frankly, I haven't been all that impressed. So I don't know what Howie's seeing, but it's not what I'm seeing. Now, it's still very, very, very small sample size. So I'm not willing to determine one way or the other about N'Kobe Dean's future and what I, what I, my own belief in him as well. I'm still hopeful that he's going to be a heck of a player for this team. But he is undersized, which we know. And like I said, when he has played in the four or five games that he's played in in his career so far, he has not been all that impressive to me. And he's been hurt twice. So 
for Howie to say, oh, we still got Nicobe Dean. We're still, you know, just because he hasn't played that much and he's been injured doesn't change the belief and, you know, and all this kind of stuff that you just mentioned. Well, you know what? You're riding a lot. You're putting a lot of stock into this guy. And meanwhile, you let two uh, well-defined and very good players in linebackers walk out the door last offseason. And that hurt us big time this year in TJ Edwards uh, and, uh, you know, White that went to the Arizona. Both of those guys because you're White and TJ Edwards. And he got lucky. He almost makes it sound like, oh, yeah, well, our other plan was to bring in Cunningham. They got lucky to bring Cunningham in. It's not like he was a free agent. Nobody signed Cunningham. He was a, you know, basically getting off this. They got him off the scrap heap just before the season started. Nobody wanted Cunningham. They got lucky that Cunningham actually played pretty damn well this year, and he was their best linebacker. They got lucky to get a guy that actually contributed somewhat pretty good football. He kind of faded down the stretch himself, but overall, Cunningham was a good signing. I'll give Howie credit for that, but that was pure luck. It's not like he was a free agent that they went after right off the, you know, in free agency. They picked him up off the scrap heap just before the season started and lucked out that he became the player and contributed as much as he did. Or else our linebacker situation could have been far worse than it even was. So I definitely take some issues with how his response is there uh, to that question. All right, continuing on. In, in the process that led to Sean Desai's demotion. Uh, you know, coach comes to me and tells me kind of what he's thinking. Um, no different than um, when he decided to give Shane the play calling duty. And he said, hey, this is what uh, I'm going to do. Um, I trust him with the coaching staff. That's his responsibility, just like he trusts me with my front office staff. And um, that's how we're structured here. That's how the relationship works. And uh, I always want to be a supporter for him and a resource. So um, if he needs me to do something, if he asks me a question, if he asks me, um, an opinion, you know, in a situation like this, um, he had made up his mind. He had made a decision, and uh, I'm going to support him. Could you go back and do that again? All right. So if you missed the question, they asked him if it was his decision, essentially, or Sirianni's decision about the demotion of Sean Desai, which I said when this happened that there's no way this was Sirianni's decision, even though he came out and said it was his call. I, I don't believe that to this day. I don't believe what Howie's saying right there is being truthful. And, you know, it's up to them how they're going to spin it. And I said they were going to spin it this way when it happened. And that's exactly what they've been doing. They're continuing to do it. And I, for sure, they, they wanted it to sound like, according to Howie, Sariani came to them and made the suggestion to, <laughs> to demote Desai. It almost is laughable. Now, could it? I don't. I can't factually tell you that didn't happen, but knowing how this organization this organization runs, I don't think there's any way in the world that Sirianni made that call on his own. Uh, and I don't even think he was the one that first suggested it. Uh, I'll go that far as well. But whatever the case, you heard how his you know response to it, and uh, you know. But I, I can't say that I believe that that's how it went down at all. Um, so I'm extremely skeptical of that answer from Howie Roseman. And would you do it the same way? Like, would you replace Sean with Matt again? And I guess uh, whether you would or not, what did you learn from replacing a coordinator, you know, into, I don't know if it was December or not yet, but what did you do 13 games from the season? Yeah, obviously I understand that any anything that I do and uh, make any decision that I make, uh, if it doesn't work out, it can be, you can look at it and, and second guess it. So, we are we are right now at the time i made that decision like i've told you guys i made that decision because i thought it was the best decision that that for the team and um you know obviously we all fell short um at the end um at those last six weeks of the season right all all of us did and so um you know i say obviously matt was in a tough situation uh trying to because you can't completely change um you know the defense right and so he was you know trying to you know, makes make some things happen with, quite frankly, th things that weren't his defense. So I know I put Matt in a tough spot. Yes, you put him in a horrible spot, and that's why it was a horrible decision. Now, here's another reason why I th I'm very skeptical uh, that it wasn't Nick 
that made that decision. Because if, in fact, this is the truth that both of them are saying, that it was Nick's call, he made the decision, then, in my opinion, they would have fired Nick. He would not still be the coach. So to me, that just confirms what I feel about this, and that is that it was a that Nick was forced to do it. And it was not his call. Because it was such a horrible decision. I mean, a pivotal decision made during the season that you can put a direct link to when this collapse really started falling off a cliff was because of that decision. This defense went from bad to the worst in the NFL because of that move. And all these losses to bad teams were directly because of that decision. That's what makes that decision a fireable offense. And that's why I can almost say with certainty, at least for me, I don't know this for a fact, that this was not Sirianni who made that call. Because if it was him directly, he would have been fired. All right, continue on. I put Sean in a tough spot, obviously. Um, but at the at the time that I, I did that, um, you know, I did it because I thought it was the best decision for the for the football team, um, and there's a lot of decisions I have to make like that. Make like that, whether I go for it on fourth down in certain situations, uh, what our philosophy is on a in a four minute drive at the end of a game, um, and and trust me, every time we do something like that and it doesn't work, I, I, I think to myself, what what was the best thing? And I, I can only come back to that uh, answer to you right now is that and forevermore that at the time when I did it. I did it because I thought it was the best thing for the defense. And that's last, year, last, year, last, year, last year, you talked about the vision that you had for the defense, you know, things that you were convicted in, you know, philosophically, I guess. Has that shifted as you start to start? No, I, I mean, I'm, you're always growing as a coach, right? So there's some things that, you know, year in, year out, players that you have, uh, different scenarios you go through um, can le- lead to where your visions are and your philosophies are. But, you know, those things are, are in constant, evol- uh, you know, they're evolving at all times. Um, and so are there things that I still believe in, um, you know, even going through a, a difficult stretch here like we did? Of course. Right. And the offense, defense, special teams, how to build, you know, how to, to lead the team. There's a ton of those things, but I don't think there's any growth um, unless you look at some things and say, and be critical on yourself and say, okay, well, this was my philosophy here. Or this was a belief here and this didn't work out. And sometimes the answer, you, you, you look at those things and sometimes the answer is no, I still believe in this. And sometimes the answer is, you know, maybe I need to make a, a adjustment here with that. And, and so that's the, that's the, you know, that's the process of just going through it and, and getting and trying to get better. And so, um, of course there's things that, um, that I'll, I'll be adjusting. Um, but there's still things that, um, there's probably more, you know, you don't just take just a, a six week stretch and say, boom, I'm scratching this entire philosophy. You know, you look at it as a whole, you act, you, you ask yourself, you drag yourself through the mud of the, of the, the bad stuff that you've went through and you say, do I need to, you know, to make adjustments? And, and yet the answer is yes. A lot of times. And then the answer is no, this is the way it, it needs to be. And we just got to do it better or coach it better or, or whatever it is. One of the things that you're finding yourself open to changing and you maintain a lot of your staff to do a lot of the same things. So how is it and looking outside of that and how are you with this situation and the offense, how what was your confidence that instead of the entire wall that you could leave that? Oh yeah, first. Yeah, you go first. Yeah, I think every conversation that we're having is about how we can move forward together. And I think the important thing for us to look at is before the stretch, which was a, you know, a difficult stretch, you know, not diminishing the one and six stretch at the end, we we're 26 and five over the last 31 games. I mean, that's four times the amount of games that we played um, over this stretch. That is hard to do in the national football league. That is hard to find um, a head coach in this league who has that record of success. Um, I think, we were 33 and 11 up until that point um, with Nick. Um, we made the playoffs three straight years again. Not okay finishing one and six. So I'm not sitting up here saying that, but um, it is hard to find somebody who can do those sort of things. And um, I think as we go forward, you know, doing this together in a way that continues to get the best possible people we can on and off the field for me 
Um, that's my job to, to try to make sure that we have that on the field. And, and my group is as strong as we possibly can get. And I know Nick's committed to that on in his group. All right. So that answer from Holly, I agree with. And is the main reason why I said last podcast that I predicted that the Eagles would not fire Sirianni. And I do think you have to look, when you're thinking about making a decision to fire a coach, you do have to look at the overall big picture. You can't just take a snapshot, even though this was a ugly, as ugly as it could be in those last seven games. They went one and six and lost to horrible teams and played in often, oftentimes non-competitive football. Just as bad as it can get in all seriousness, which I thought and, and said was a fireable offense. Like I said, I would be okay if they did fire him over that because it was that bad. But at the same time, the reason why I thought that they would not fire him is because if we do look at the overall three years of him coaching, they went to the Super Bowl, fell a little bit short last year, and he's made the playoffs all three years, and they have a pretty good, you know, it's, it's really the number one winning percentage-wise in the Eagles' history, him as a head coach. So, and, and plus from a PR perspective, again, when you're looking at uh, how the Eagles are viewed in their front offices viewed throughout the league. They already fired Doug Peterson two years after he won a Super Bowl for the first time in the history of the Eagles. And to come off and now fire Sirianni after just three years and a year after they he brought the Eagles to the Super Bowl. You know, you, people would start wondering just what the heck's going on with the Eagles. Like, what do we have to do to keep our job over there? You know, those thoughts you know, are a factor, no question. So that's another reason why I thought that they wouldn't fire Sariani. They would they would at least hold on to him for another year and give him a chance to fix it. But again, they're gonna give him a chance to fix it in a in a very limited role because they've stripped him of so much power. So it's 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 not gonna be the same this year for sure for Sariani and how the Eagles gonna run their team. Um, so anyway, we'll continue on. Here's Nick's response to that same question. Actually, it looks like it's another Brian question. Brian Johnson, how much of a factor was Jalen? I mean, not necessarily like if you consulted him, but like just as far as making the change and, and the new offensive coordinator, like how much of a factor is he as far as all that? Yeah, like like I said, like obviously um, – we're always everything we're doing is trying to get our players to to perform better and and to continue to grow. Um, so the the new coordinator, if I'm if I'm answering your question right here, the new coordinator is obviously going to be heavily involved in in not only the you know he's bringing in a scheme um, to to be able to run um, to be able to uh, for us to to function in, um, and that scheme has to be something that our players can function and our, our quarterback can, is going to be excel at. And so, um, I'm looking forward to the, the, whoever that is to come in and do those things as far as, uh, and you want, and you want there to be comfort, um, with, with Jalen and whoever is this new coordinator. Um, and so obviously talk, just like I talked to Howie about it, just like talk to Kevin Patul about it. I'll talk to Jalen about that as well. Um, and some of the things, you know, you, you're in constant communication with your players, especially your quarterback. And so we'll talk through, we'll talk through everything. I'll, I'll, I'll keep him um, aware of things that, that he needs to be aware of. Um, and, you know, keep him in the loop of that because, you know, that he's, he's our guy and, and, and uh, you know, it's really important that, that those two guys are going to work hand in hand to, to make sure that we're, we're getting back to where we need to be. Did you have to consult with Jalen about your decision to let Brian go? Yeah, you know, obviously we, we talk about everything. Um, and we, we communicate on everything. Um, we won't get into specific uh, discussions on, you know, what we talk about. But, yeah, we, we, we discuss everything. What was you his reaction to, to Brian getting dismissed? Um, obviously, they have a, a, a relationship. I mean, you'll have to ask Jalen when you get an opportunity to talk to him. But, you know, anytime you have to let people go, we all we all hurt when we let people go. Every one of us. Right. Um, this isn't. This is the the worst part of the job having to to let people go. You know, there's, it doesn't just affect the person you let go. They, um, it affects the families, um, and it affects the like. There's a friendship there, like like that we we have worked together every day for the past three years, um, and we've spent way more time 
with each other than we have with our families uh, or our loved ones. And, and you and you grow close and you grow close bonds. And so, you know, I, I don't even want to get into the, you know, what every like everyone's going to be hurting from this. Right. Not just the like not just the, the guy that got let go, but the the people, the friendships that are they're not over. But, you know, you're not going to see that person every day like you have for the, in the past. And so those that's the that's the most difficult part of this, this business. I feel like if I can explain that on the human side of this thing, like that's the most difficult part of this business is saying goodbye to, to friends. Um, you know, and I, and I can't, I can't, it's, it's the worst part. And I, I really can't explain to you how, how it feels when you have to do those things and everybody feels it, right. The, the coach to coach player to player to coach. And so, like I said, Brian did so many good things and, and, and like how he was talking about the games that we've won, the success that we've had, Brian's a big part of that. Um, and, and we'll all, and we'll all be, we're all sad uh, for, for what's went down and, and how, and what's, what's going on right now. Yeah. So that I believe is, is one area of this press conference where I think Sirianni was really speaking from the heart and being very genuine. And this is why it's, I feel bad for him because he's being forced to, Fire his guys. Well, let's let's just be real here. And I don't really think that he would have done so if they just said, "Hey, we're going to run it all back this year, and not fire you, and just you know, let's, we're going to put it up to you, Nick, to fix things." I don't think Nick would have fired Brian Johnson. I just don't. That's my belief. And again, these are his guys that he brought in, right? So um, it's interesting. It's interesting when you really um, think about it that way, and how how Nick is going to navigate through this going forward. Um, you know, that's the part that's going to be very interesting as we, uh, get into you know, the off season as well as into next season. So something to, uh, keep paying attention to as, uh, to see how this is exactly going to, to roll out. And, and of course, who they bring in as the next, next offensive coordinator. Continue on. It's atypical the way this long speak. How would you characterize those end of season meetings? from your perspective, and did you feel you had to sell your vision or sell yourself uh, in those meetings with Jeffrey? You know, obviously we, we have those meetings after every year. Um, and we talk about, you know, the progression of the team, um, where we're going, what we did well, things we didn't do well. And, you know, that was just, that was kind of business as usual right there. Um, it was a little, obviously at the end of the, at the end of the game, right on Monday night, you get back late on Tuesday, how he explained all that. We have player meetings, right? Uh, that, it takes me about two to three days to get through every player. Then you're trying to get through every coach. Then you're having the meetings there. And so it is a, it's a long process to get to where we are right now, where we have, you know, we're able to answer your questions a little bit, a little bit more. Um, and, and so, I mean, I guess that's with how he said what he said with the, uh, you know, why we're, we're in our, why we're meeting right now. Um, but there is, a, but going into the meeting, did you ask, say what you asked again? Yeah, Jeffrey, did you have to sell yourself or sell your vision of how to fix it? Yeah, again, it was the same. It was business as usual of how we, how we go um, about an end of year meeting. Um, you know, obviously, well, my thought is there, and and so it was just it was just normal, Zach. Um, it wasn't anything anything different than it's been the last three years. Now, in my you know, there's no way that's possible. So he's either gets an Academy Award for acting with that answer, and and actually his demeanor because he looks like he's being honest. But there's just no way that's true. There's just no way that the the, the way that this year ended that that end-of-the-year meeting was the same and normal as it always is. It's just, come on. I mean, that's just ridiculous. And But I tell you, you look at his, the way that he answers the question, and obviously you get the audio so you're able to hear him respond to it. He, makes it, it does, he does sound believable, but there's just no way that that end-of-the-year meeting with Larry was the same and normal as it always is. I mean, that's just, that's just beyond ridiculous. There's no way. If it was... They wanted to pull everything under the rug from Sirianni. I mean, so that's the real answer. So, you know, I think Sirianni is just trying to save face here a little bit, which, you know, in his position, he could find it understandable. But there's no – but again, by no means is uh, – was that just a normal end-of-the-year conversation that he had with the owner? Um, no way. 
because they clearly stripped him of the responsibilities we talked about earlier. So, anyway, continue on. Mind, right? In my mind, you better believe I'm thinking, how do I reprove myself, right? I was a young coach that um, – that Mr. Laurie and, and Howie and, and this organization uh, trusted to give the job to. I had to prove myself that, you know, this, this, this guy uh, can, can lead, you know, the organization like they, like they asked me to. And I had to prove myself from then. And I think that, you know, you asked me that question, like, did I like have to sell my vision? No, because again, it was business as usual, but you better believe that I'm thinking after that one and six finish, uh, after starting way we started and doing the things that we've done in the past that I'm thinking I'm going to prove them right again. Um, that, you know, and we're going to prove them right. Right. We got to reprove ourselves. We got to go prove it again. And so that's how I, that's how I feel right now. Um, that's how, you know, I'm attacking this off season. That's how I'm attacking this, this upcoming, you know, season as we, as we get ready for it. Um, just hungry to be able to prove myself again to, you know, Mr. Laurie and the faith he's had in me and Howie and the faith he's had in me and, and the rest of the team and, and the city. Can I, can I just say something? I, I, I just want to say something because I think, um, I think it's important, Tim, something you said made me think about this, to think about these exit meetings and um, what the purposes of them are. And the purpose of them is like everything we do, we're trying to accumulate information. You know, for us to make good decisions, we're trying to accumulate information. But at the end of the day, the decisions are made by us. You know, um, we understand um, that everyone has has different opinions and perspectives, but we're going to make those decisions. So I say that just in relation to, you know, you ask kind of what Jalen and and that's not fair also to Jalen, you know, he's 25 years old, you know, like Jalen is continuing to grow and get better. And what we see at 25 is going to be a bit different than 26. I'm just using Jalen as an example here. And so I think for us, it's also important to understand, like we accept responsibility, whatever the product is at the end of the day, that's, that's on me, that's on coach. And, and we accept that. So we don't ask the players to make these decisions. Well, we don't ask the other people who work for us to make the, these decisions we try to get information and we try to make the best decisions we possibly can so that the confetti can fall on our head again and we can be world champs again because that's the only agenda. In terms of improving Jalen, what needs to be done, um, Nick and Howie, and from Jalen himself to get him back playing like he was in 2022? Yeah, you know, obviously we're all going to have things that we need to work on. Um, and 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 Jalen is no different than than any. We all are going to have a look. We're going to all go look at the things that from the season and say, well, we need to work on this or we need to work on that. Um, without getting into the specifics of that, because like I said, we all you, know, I'm, you guys are going to ask me, what about this? What about that? You know what? The one thing I do know about Jalen is, you know, when people or when there are things of his game that he needs to improve, he he goes to work and he and he does his, he busts to do that um i think you know you saw such a you know i think that there was a lot of questions after that first year about some things about could he be the passer or whatever whatever the questions were and he came out and put together mvp type season the following year like in just his the way he threw the ball the way he delivered the ball accuracy all those different things like he just continues to grow and i and i said it last year a bunch like i don't know if we know what this guy's ceiling is because he's going to work and do everything he, he needs to do to get better yeah last year was last year nick and this year was this year and he was not the same player he regressed uh quite a bit substantially is the word i've been using because it is a substantial decline i think there's a lot to do with it including the coaching and the fact that he wasn't coached up and he was allowed to fall into some of these bad habits i've talked about forever that he corrected i do think that he's fixable i don't think this is a carson wentz situation because i do think he's mentally strong which I always said was one of his best attributes. So I, I'm not about to wave the white flag saying that he's been ruined. But if this continues, it will ultimately ruin the quarterback. It's, it's happened time and time and time again in the NFL. So that's why it's so critical that whoever this offensive coordinator is that the Eagles bring in or is able to fix and get Jalen back on the right track. Because he will work to get there. But I think he needs, he needs to be uh, coached up in order to get there again. Because he's certainly not recognizing some of the mistakes – uh, that he started to uh, fall into again this past season. All right. Um, just waiting to get the, uh, the feedback again. And, of course, you got a call coming in. Hang on one second. 
Sorry about that. Hard to do the show when I got a phone call coming in. All right. Continue on with the press conference. Here we go. And, you know, and for, you know, for 11 weeks this year, right, for 11 weeks this year, he was on top of the MVP talk, right? You guys asked about that. And then he was on top of the MVP talk of where he was through 11 weeks. And we all had a bad stretch through the last part portion of it. In fact, there were games like even, even though we were in a bad stretch as a team, I thought Jalen was playing really good football. So like, but I get it. Like, me as the head coach, Jalen as the quarterback, we're going to draw the the most scrutiny and the most you know attention and eyes, and we understand that and the seats that we sit in. But I know, I know that the things that Jalen needs to work on, and the things that we'll sit down together and talk about, um, and the thing I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to bust his ass to do that because that's who he is, that's who he's been since the day he's got here. That's why he continues to develop um, in, in things that maybe people thought was a was a negative for him in the past that he's made into a strength. So um, I have no doubt about the person doing that because I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it over and over again, and I look forward to him doing it with this this off season with all the things that we talk about um, of for all of us to improve on. Talking about Nick and us potentially replacing him from the outside, what gave you the confidence to bring him back for another season and to lead this team? Because I've seen it been done. You know, I've had the opportunity to to work with him, and uh, I've seen what he has done, um, winning games, winning games, um, put us in a position where we're competing for a world championship, um, putting us in a position where every year we're in the playoff race and giving us an opportunity with the team to do that. Those things are hard to find, uh, you know. Um, I don't know the stat off my head, but I'm, I'm sure there's not more than a handful of teams who've made the playoffs the last three years. Um, and it takes all of us. Uh, we had a tough stretch. Um, if you go back to when we walked off the field after the Buffalo game and we were 10-1, and 1, which, you know, I've talked about that time machine. I would take a time machine to do that. That would be a beautiful thing, but we can't. Um, I think there would be a lot different narrative being told, and we can't lose sight of the big picture. Um, we have a lot of good people on this football team. We got a lot of good players. We got a lot of good coaches. We got a lot of good people in this building. You know, I look around this building, and I couldn't be more proud of the people. That doesn't mean we can't fight through adversity. That doesn't mean we can't overcome this and take this back to the level and beyond that we were at last year. It's not going to take a snap of the fingers. We got to work hard. We, we got to do whatever we can to have the right people um, bring in the right people to to do that, but we have a lot of those pieces in place. Um, this cover isn't even close to bear. Uh, interesting response there by Howie. And there are times, and, and Howie's always had this um, nervousness with some questions whenever there is adversity. Because a lot of times he comes out with press conferences kind of like, you know, joking around, kidding around with the, not only the press, but whoever might be on the table, you know, press table with him. And then there's times when he's just very, very serious, and it's typically when they're going through adversity or they know they gotta they gotta face some tough questions. And certain questions, Howie has this nervous twinge in his voice. And when they asked him, uh, the question was, why did they decide to retain Nick for this upcoming season? There was a that response you just heard. He had that nervous twinge in his voice. So. It's just something I'd, I pick up on. Otherwise, I thought it was a pretty good answer overall in terms of looking at the big picture again and the success that Nick has had and they've had with Nick. Um, and not to just, you know, look at just that last seven games, although as bad as they were, as we've acknowledged. Um, you know, like I said, overall, I think it was a pretty good response. Um, but again, he did it with this nervous energy and nervous twinge in his voice, which I just felt, found to be, uh, you know, quite notable. It's just like what happened when you had to do a press conference at one time. It's like just not. What was it? Oh, it wasn't. Yeah. It said specifically he will be the top target to the Eagles. I'm just curious if you can comment on that. We got a lot of good. We got a lot of good targets um, that we're working through. Um, you know, and, and there are a lot of guys that have, have done really well in their interview process and look forward to continue on that process. We'll see what happens. Okay, again, um, obviously the news today, which I was going to talk about after this uh, finished up with the press conference, 
is they're talking about Vic Fangio uh, being released from the Dolphins yesterday that happened, ironically, during that press conference. And the fact that, um, you know, it was rumored that he would be a top target of the Eagles. Well, he was very much a top target of the Eagles because today he did sign on as the defensive coordinator for the Eagles. So we'll talk more about that after the press conference. But um, just to kind of get you up current status, he is now the defensive coordinator of the Eagles. All the evaluations been completed or you think we're still working. We're still working. Yeah. And, and and that's what, and that's, what's tough, right? You're, you're still working and there's some guys that are still up in there. You know, I, I hate this for them because we are replacing coordinators and, and, and there's guys that are up in the air um, and, and their families are up in the air in the sense of like, I got to get a coordinator in before we make a decision on maybe some of the quality controls or some of the position coaches. Um, I know I believe in the guys upstairs, um, and but you know also there there has to be an ability for some of the coordinators to bring in you know maybe one or two of their guys or or more um and so that's still an evaluation process that's something that might not get sorted out until the coordinator's hired till he that coordinator gets to meet with some of the guys make sure they can work together um and so that's still in a that's still a process that we're going through over the years you've been pretty pretty consistent with us talking about the offense whether it's you know, if Shane's here, it's your offense. Calling the plays, Brian, it's your offense. When from that's changed, that evolution. Any encouragement come from outside, or is that something just coming from you? Again, I just think that right now we we just need to to bring some some ideas in from the outside, right? And and we need to bring a, a guy in that from with with new ideas that's not part of this family of coaches. I think that's a that's an important thing. Or even if it is a family of the coaches that has been somewhere else and then you could call, like it, it could be any of any of that. And so um, that's important. You know, that's important because that's important that you're making sure you always evolve. Right. And we, we are blessed with time um, and that, you know, college coaches don't have sometimes because they're recruiting and you, we're blessed with how much tape we're able to watch, how much tape we're watching on, uh, you know, prospects. And we see the other college, you know, college tape and things like that. So the evolution will not just be of you know, the things that this new coordinator will bring to the table um, as far as their scheme and things that we may not know a lot about, um, you know, because it is easy to look it out and say, oh, I like to do that, like to do that, like to do that, but not know everything there is to know about. It. And that's why you're bringing the coordinator in to, to bring those new ideas. But then you also we're going to have this time over this next six months or five months or whatever it is to also study some own ideas ourselves. We'll go to a college, we'll go to see, we'll bring somebody in here to make sure we're studying uh, things that we want to learn more about, whether that's something we just want to learn more about, whether that's something that we were uh, deficient in last year. Um, those will be all the different topics of what our professional development is. And then um, and then you also have the things from from our offense that we've done, done well in the past. This will be our offense. This will be the Philadelphia Eagles offense, um, not whoever, you know, name the coordinator this offense or na my name on it or whoever Kevin Petulo's it will be our offense and really look forward to you know really evolving the offense and some things that I believe it by the end of the year um you know got got stale and then we you know and we saw the way how that that ended and statistically you know you finished positive on a lot of different things but by the obviously at one of six finish you know there was things that that got stale and looking forward to i i just i really see the beauty of what can happen um with bringing in this this new coordinator and where our offense can go because of it Trying, bro. We'll go Zach next. I'm sorry. I was saying, why did the offense get so stale? Was it because of the quarterback? Play we all have our. We all have a hand in it. Uh, we all have a hand in it, and I'll take in anything that happens on that field. We'll always start with with me. I don't care if that's offense, defense, or special teams. Um, and so I'll be the, the be on the front of that of you know where the, the staleness came from. Um, you know. Um, but they, but we did, you know, there was things that we, we look at and, you know, that we can we can do better. Right. And whether that's the, the pass game, whether it's the run game, whether it's the protections, there's there's parts of that in all areas that we look at and be like, ah, 
you know, that, that worth course. And that doesn't mean that's your entire offense. That's just portions of it. Right. Cause you're still going to have staples that are, that are staples for you that can be run against any defense at any time at any, at any moment. Um, that was just some stale moments of, of all of those phases of, of the game that, um, that I just mentioned. Major stale moments. I mean, and the fact that they weren't able to make the adjustments is really the crux of the matter and why all these changes were to be made. And I got to give the Eagles credit because at least they're aggressively making changes. Like all, everything they're being talked about this press conference, the Eagles recognize changes need to be made. Now, they're not firing a coach. I didn't think they would. But everything else is being essentially thrown into the trash and starting over. I mean, it really is, offensively and defensively. Personnel-wise, we'll see what changes they make with the personnel. Got some potential retirements. Certainly there's free agency and obviously a draft coming up. So we'll see how that's going to sort of relate to to the actual players. But coaching-wise, huge change. Pulling power from the actual head coach, definitely a change. And, uh, you know, so that's really the good thing is that at least the Eagles are not just running it back again next year without the same guys because that, first of all, I don't think the fans would have even, they wouldn't have went ballistic. I know I would have if that was the case. Um, But the fact that he was not able to make adjustments is really – uh, just un- unacceptable to me, you know. And he kind of plays it off like it's not that big of a deal. It was a huge deal. This collapse was because of that direct reason. All right, continuing on. There's one last question here for Howie, and then uh, it's the end of the press conference. So here we go. The roster composition. And you, you made a few references to wanting to keep playing this weekend, like the team still playing this weekend. How do you think it compares to the team still playing this weekend? Yeah, I think we've we've always kind of had our own spin on roster building. And I think that at the same time, I've talked a lot about, um, you know, if you keep following things as opposed to being at the head of the curve, then you're kind of getting the leftovers. Like you have to be ahead of it. And I, I think that um, when we've had um, our best teams, we've been ahead of it. And so we continue to study that and try to figure out ways to do that. We study what's successful, what we think will be successful going forward. And I, I think – in roster building, you're, you're not going to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes. I think that, you know, you could look at the four teams playing right now, and I promise you we can go over a couple of things they'd like to have back. You know, that's part of it. The most important thing we got to do is we got to have we got to have a vision for how we want it to look. We have to have a process that we want to have. And sometimes you got to have a vision, you got to have a process, and the result's not what you want, you know. And so you got to make sure that you're not overreacting to a result that, you know, maybe – just kind of was an aberration in the moment. And then you got to look at maybe is the process right? So I think just like coaches going through that, I think that's one of the things we're real about around here. You know, how can we get better? What can we do better to improve ourselves? You know, to me, uh, we're at a point here where the only thing that matters is winning. That's the only thing that matters. It's the only thing that matters is for us to put out a product on the field that gives us the best chance to win a championship every year. And I know we can do that because we've done it and we'll continue to work as hard as we possibly can to continue to grow and learn from any adversity we have and do whatever we can to overcome them. All right. Well, that is the conclusion of the press conference. And so you heard the whole thing from front to end. And, you know, hopefully how he does learn and he learns, number one, his biggest issues with, with me was the fact that he did not pay any attention to the linebacker position or have any depth in the secondary. And he made some bad signings too, signing Bradbury to a three-year deal when that guy has lost all his wheels now. I mean, he is not even one-tenth of the player that he was last year. Uh, that's a huge concern. Uh, letting C.J. Gardner Johnson go. Uh, I know he was an expensive player to keep, but they certainly missed him back there in the secondary. Uh, but the linebackers is, is another major, major, major issue there. And offensively, you just got to get that offense straightened out. So a few things I just wanted to comment on here before I let you go is and wrap up the show here um, is the overall my, my I was a little bit disappointed in the fact we didn't really learn a lot from those two guys and i'm sure that they probably expected to have longer than 35 minutes or whatever that they're out there as far as the press and be able to ask some more questions they were kind of cut off right at the 35 minute mark um so of course the you know howie and sirianni of course wanted to make that a quick you know quick exit as much as they could um so and i just thought a lot of the questions were softball questions i wish they just asked more difficult questions 
about the collapse more specifically, you know. Uh, but they decided not to do that. And a couple other things. Again, I mentioned how Nick uh, Fangio is now our defensive coordinator. So the Eagles got the guy that runs that entire defense. They've been using disciples with Gannon and Desai this year. And now they bring in the guy that uh, created that defense. So, um, you know, he is now the Eagles defensive coordinator. And we'll figure out who's going to be the offensive coordinator. You know, there's been some um, – the guy that I would like to – to have them bring in is, is Eric Bianami, you know, former, um, chief chiefs OC under Andy Reed. And he was the OC for the Washington team last year. That's a guy that I would definitely be bringing in to, uh, potentially have him as, as, uh, the offensive coordinator. So, um, I got other things I want to talk about, but we'll leave that for the next episode. By the way, the next episode, uh, we'll be bringing in on a special guest, uh, a friend of the program, as we know, it's been a while since he's joined us. That'll be Johnny. Um, the Commanders fan, and we'll talk about the NFC East. We'll talk about the playoffs. There's probably only one team that has more changes going on than the Eagles, and that is the Washington Commanders. So we'll bring Johnny on next week uh, podcast. So stay tuned for that. We'll look forward to talking with Johnny again. And um, with that, I think that's uh, that's going to be it for now. So thanks again for joining the program. Always appreciate you listening. And uh, hope you enjoyed that uh, commentary through the press conference there with Howie and Sirianni. More to come. More news will be breaking, I'm sure. We're still got to find an offensive coordinator. we got a defensive coordinator. And uh, we'll talk about Hurts and a few other things uh, next episode as well. So looking forward to that. Until then, fly, Eagles, fly, and we'll catch you next time. Take care, everyone.